When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Well, hello there, friends, and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian, and you're listening to episode 377 of Sustainable Minimalists, a show about intentional and eco-friendly minimalist living. We were going to talk about organizing our digital photos today. However, this is my show and I do what I want, so we are changing things up. We'll talk about digital photos next week. Today, we're talking about the way in which our minds and especially our thought patterns deceive us. Now, to set this up, I have a quick story for you today. And full disclosure, there's a lot of Stephanie stories on today's show My kids have their last day of school as of this recording tomorrow. And so for the past two weeks, I've really been spiraling. (laughs) The thoughts swirling through my mind go something like this. How on earth am I going to care for my kids and make epic summer memories for them and have dinner on the table each night and keep the house somewhat clean? And also work full-time and keep my standards for this podcast up. (laughs) This all sounds like a recipe for disaster for me. And so not surprisingly, I've been fairly down in the dumps. I've been really darn resentful. I've been resentful at my husband, whose life isn't changing all that much, despite the fact that my kids are about to be out of school. I'm resentful at my lot in life for being a woman in a world in which women are expected to do all the things. I'm angry at gender roles. I'm angry that people aren't knocking on my door offering to help me. So, For the past two weeks, my thoughts have been centered around my terrible, horrible lot in life. I've been overwhelmed and stressed and, of course, resentful for most moments of my days. And on and on and on, the negative thought spiral goes. But then, from somewhere inside the depths of me, just a couple days ago, a voice inside (laughs) said very quietly, but the voice just said, just go with it. Just go with the flow. Like, stop fighting against what is. And so shortly thereafter, the resistance, all the resistance I was putting up, all the resentment I was holding on to with my white knuckle grip, it just melted away. And I realized this is the season of life that I'm in right now, and I'm going to make the gosh darn best of it. I only get 18 summers with my kids. What a privilege it is for me to have the opportunity to create that epic summer 2023 with them. What on earth am I complaining about? And so I say all this to say that when I changed my mindset, 
I changed my reality without ever actually changing anything external. My internal self changed, my mindset changed, right, toward acceptance. And so when I did that, that elephant that felt like it was just sitting on my chest perpetually, it stood up and it walked off. It really was as simple as that. And so I'm telling you this story for two reasons. The first is that changing my mindset was so simple and yet the results were so profound. And the second reason I'm telling you this is that this exactly is what we're talking about on today's show. In what ways can we first recognize our traditional thought patterns and then Missy Elliott the heck out of our own cognitive distortions, let's flip it, let's reverse it, and let's have greater well-being. That's what we're doing today. So let's all get on the same page. Before we flip our mindsets today from that to this, we need to get on the same page. And the page we all need to be on is the fact, the reality, that our minds, our thoughts lie to us. They lie to us often. And if we're not paying attention to the thoughts that our brains are feeding us, we're asleep. We're sleeping. From an evolutionary standpoint, the function of our brains, it's not to make us happy. Our brains are not there to make us happy. Our brains are to protect us by keeping us on the lookout for potential threats. So that means that our brains are masterful at creating what-if scenarios, of looking for what could go wrong. Our brains are also masters at creating these all-or-nothing statements that are just blatantly untrue. No one likes me. That's a big one. I'm worthless. That's another one. Enter cognitive distortions. Now, there are over 50 cognitive distortions that many of our brains feed to us every single day. We're not talking about all 50 today. We're talking about, I think we're talking about six or seven of them. But here's an example of a cognitive distortion in real life for me, okay? From December to April, I trained really hard for a race, a running race. Real, real hard. Probably too hard, if I'm being honest, because I ended up tearing a ligament in my hip slash groin area, my inner hip. I never made it to the start of the race, and here we are mid-June, and I'm still rehabbing my hip issue. So the other day, I was bending down to pick something up off the floor, so I'm bent at the waist. I feel a twinge in my injured area. And the thought that went through my mind as I was bent down was exactly this, word for word, okay? This is the thought that passed through my mind. The thought was, guess I'm never going to run again. That was the thought, word for word. So picture me in your mind. I'm bent at the waist. I have this thought. I spring right back up into standing position. And then I literally say aloud to no one because no one was home. That's not true. Yes, it is true that I'm injured, and yes, it is true that it's a serious injury. Yes, it's true that I'm not able to run currently, but none of those true statements mean that my brain can logically take the leap into assuming that I'm never going to run again. What an all-or-nothing statement. This was a cognitive distortion occurring in real time, and the beauty of this moment for me was that I was aware of it happening. 
I was aware that I was thinking an untrue thought. Holy moly, that's deep stuff, right? I'm not this cognitive distortion. I'm not even my thoughts. I am the awareness behind these thoughts. And I know that that's a little bit too spiritual awakening-ish for this conversation, so I'm going to leave that there. But my point is that not everything we think is true. Not everything that passes through our minds, not every thought we have serves us. And so the point I'm making here, we're going to get into the cognitive distortions in a minute, but the point I'm making here is that it is profoundly important that we start asking ourselves, why am I thinking what I'm thinking right now? Why am I assuming what I'm assuming? Are my thoughts, are my assumptions even true? Our minds can be great resources, right? They allow us to read, listen to this podcast, organize information, set goals, but our minds can also bully us. And I promise you that if you start listening to your thoughts, you're going to be super surprised at what you hear. Let's start listening to our thoughts, our negative thought patterns, by focusing in on our cognitive distortions. Now, we all cognitively distort. It's part of our nature as human beings. And the first one I want to talk to you today about is overgeneralization. And so if you find yourself thinking this, everyone else is killing it in life, but I'm not, or some facsimile thereof, right? Everyone else is doing great, but I'm not. I want you to Missy Elliott that S-H-I-T. I want you to flip it and I want you to reverse it. And I want you to instead say to yourself, I'll be best served by focusing on me. So everybody else is killing it, but I'm not. Flip that. I'm best served by focusing on me. Overgeneralization happens when we come to a general conclusion based on one single piece of evidence. So if one, if we see one person doing really great at life, we assume everybody is and we're the only one that isn't, right? The mind loves drama. The mind also loves focusing on what other people seem to have or seem to be achieving. Now, why though? Why do our minds do this? Well, when we focus on what everybody else is doing and achieving and how great everybody else's lives seem to be, it's a great distraction from turning that focus inwards on ourselves. If you don't get caught up in other people's lives, you have to face your own stuff. And so next time you find yourself focusing on how great everybody else's lives are, I want you instead to flip it and reverse it. You're best served by focusing on you. Turn the analysis that you're shining on others on yourself. Next up, we're going to untrue statement number two, which is I'm trapped. I'm trapped. Maybe you're trapped in a job you don't like or a relationship you don't love or in a house that's just not functioning for you. You could be trapped in so many different ways. Next time you feel like you're trapped, I want you to flip the script. Instead of saying, I'm trapped and believing that, I want you to say to yourself and believe, I am in the driver's seat of my own life. So the I'm trapped statement is a great example of the cognitive distortion we all know and don't love, which is negative predictions. We overestimate the likelihood that an action will have a negative outcome, right? 
Our mind loves its all or nothing beliefs. It can be hard, of course, to make decisions when we view them as irreversible or when we view them as definitely going to have a negative outcome. This can all feel so overwhelming, right? When we think that decisions are final, when we assume there's no going back. The reality, though, is that many, if not most, decisions in life are indeed reversible. So if you're not happy with that job, you can always look for a new one. If you're not happy with your home, you can always explore your next move. All decisions come with consequences, good consequences, bad consequences. So if you're always focusing on the negative potential consequences or outcomes, remember that there is always the opportunity for positive outcomes as well. You were in the driver's seat of your own life and you can reverse course if you believe yourself to be off course. This hopefully will take away the pressure that your brain is putting on you to make the perfect decision every single time you come to a crossroads. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to move on to the cognitive distortion that my brain loves to go to, which is, of course, no one loves me as much as I love them. We'll get there after a quick sponsor break. So many of us have chaotic closets that are crammed full of clothing items, and yet somehow we still have nothing to wear. Well, upgrading to high-quality and affordable pieces from Quince when you need them is a game-changer. They offer organic cotton sweaters and washable silk tops. My 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters are my go-to Not only are they affordable, but the quality is top-notch. They wear better than the cashmere sweaters that are double their price. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash sustainable podcast for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash sustainable podcast to get free shipping and 365 day returns. One more time, quince.com slash sustainable podcast. Hello, Sustainable Minimalist listeners. Are you committed to living a greener and simpler life? Well, meet Home Threads, your ally in more sustainable and minimalist home decor. As the total destination for decor and furniture, Home Threads helps you define your minimalist lifestyle while respecting the planet. Discover their exclusive Haven collection. They use many sustainable materials without compromising on style. And here's the best part. Home Threads always has the best value. It was time. After nine years of living in our home, it was time to replace our outdoor furniture. And my husband and I, we went to Home Threads. We have a Home Threads patio umbrella and a new bench. And oh my goodness, we are so in love. Create a home that reflects your commitment to the environment. Visit homethreads.com slash sustainable and get a code for 15% off your first order. Homethreads.com slash sustainable. Love where you live. And we're back on today's show. We're discussing flipping the cognitive script. We're identifying cognitive distortions and we're bringing into the light the lies that our minds tell us. So before the break, we talked about overgeneralizations and negative predictions. 
And now we are on to (laughs) jumping to conclusions and failure to consider alternative explanations. Before we talk about that, though, let's talk about my example, which is no one loves me as much as I love them. Have you ever felt this way? When I'm feeling particularly low, I tend to go to this, like, oh, I do so much for everybody else and nobody reciprocates and nobody cares about me and everybody stinks, da-da-da-da-da, and on and on the thoughts go. Well, next time you think to yourself, no one loves me as much as I love them, flip the script, Missy Elliott that, and say to yourself, I am loved because I know how to love myself. I love this example because it is indeed an example of two extremely popular cognitive distortions. The first one being failure to consider alternative explanations. Like maybe your mm, best friend had a fight with their spouse and can't give you undivided attention right now, right? You're failing to consider other explanations that you can't see. And this is also a great example of jumping to conclusions. Humans especially seem to think that we're able to determine how people feel about us. We really don't, right? And so for me, this one rears its ugly head an awful lot. I feel as though when I do something nice for somebody else or I proactively reach out or I try to be selfless and serve others in some sort of way, I then, and this is horrible, I admit it, this is horrible, But I often do it. I feel good about doing whatever the thing was for somebody else. But then the horrible part is that I tend to sit back and wait for the person who I just helped to reciprocate. I sit back and I wait. And if or when they don't, I use that not reciprocating as evidence that they don't love me. And wow, as I'm saying this out loud, I'm really like having an aha moment here. I can't believe I do this. That is so perverse. (laughs) My point, though, is that I need to not do things for others because I'm expecting something in return. I'm expecting them to show me I'm love. I'm expecting them to validate my self-worth, which we're going to get to in a minute. I should be doing things for others without expecting anything in return. I should be doing things for others because I want to. And so if you feel like you're thinking to yourself often, nobody loves me as much as I love them. I suggest you view that thought as an opportunity to say, why am I thinking that? Why is that thought coming up for me? Is this a cognitive distortion or is this reality? I'm willing to bet after you sit with it, you ask yourself a couple why statements, you drill down, you're going to realize this is a cognitive distortion. Next up, we're moving on to all or nothing thinking. And this can rear its head in a multitude of ways. But for the purposes of this show, this minimalist show, this show that's focused on devaluing stuff, my example for you is about stuff. So my example is the thought that most of us have at least once in a while, which is, if only I had X, something, right? If only I had a second home. If only I had peace in my heart. If only I had X, right? Whenever you find yourself thinking that thought, 
I want you to flip the script and I want you to instead say to yourself, I am so grateful for why, whatever why could be. I'm so grateful for my orchid that just bloomed. True story, by the way. Have you ever looked and really looked at an orchid? My orchid plant just bloomed and it is probably one of the most gorgeous things I've ever laid eyes on. Okay, so I am so grateful for a restorative night's sleep last night. I am so grateful for the birds chirping that woke me up this morning. So instead of, if only I had X, flip that script and say, I'm so grateful for Y. All or nothing thinking is a cognitive distortion that occurs when we fail to acknowledge the reality that life is filled with grays. It's not all black and white. So let's take the example of something tangible. If only I had a second home, all my problems would be correct, right? If you're if what you're inserting in that statement is a tangible thing, but not a thing that's necessary for survival, right? A second home is not necessary for survival. A roof over your head likely is. So if you're inserting a tangible thing into that statement that's not a survival need, this is your reminder that no physical item is ever going to make you happy for the long term. No thing. And and of course, you likely already know this because you're listening to episode 377 of a minimalist podcast, right? But this is just a reminder. No thing is going to take your problems away. No fancy outfit, no handbag, no second home, no boat, nothing. These things will indeed give you a burst of dopamine-induced joy, but the dopamine will inevitably recede and you'll find yourself back at square one. But this time, at square one, you'll just be replacing that if only I had statement with a new thing, a new X. Now, if what you're inserting in that statement, if only I had X, is an intangible, like peace of mind, like love, like freedom, okay? If what you're inserting is an intangible, I suggest you ask yourself if you can give yourself what it is you need. Is it possible for you to, instead of waiting around for the universe to give you peace of mind or love or freedom, can you instead somehow give yourself peace in your days? Can you instead love yourself? Can you instead shift around your schedule to give yourself some more free time? So the if only all or nothing statement, like if only I had this, everything would be sunshine and rainbows. If only statements are a sneaky way in which our mind clings. I was going to say hold on to, but I'm going to go with clings to the scarcity mindset, right? It's the way the scarcity mindset stays relevant. Now, of course, psychology defines the scarcity mindset as when you believe there's limited resources. So if somebody else has something, there's less of that resource for you. That's not true, but you believe it. There is a quick and easy fix to blasting a scarcity mindset out of the water. And we have talked about it on this show many a times before. It is to focus on what you do have. Practice gratitude every single darn day. And we have talked about gratitude and gratitude practices an awful lot on this show lately, so I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but just do it. If you haven't started your gratitude practice yet, 
The universe is right now speaking through me to you to give you this much needed reminder. Just do it. Your life will change in 30 seconds a day or less. I promise. And I know because I do it. All right. We're moving on to cognitive distortion number five, which is our predisposition towards self-doubt. So here's the statement that we're going to flip, reverse, and try again. The thought pattern that we're flipping is, I'm not enough, or I'm an imposter, something along those lines, right? I'm not good enough. I'm an imposter. We're going to flip that to a very simple statement, two words, I'm plenty. I'm plenty. Human beings, we are an interesting species, aren't we? We are predisposed towards self-doubt. We are also notorious for tying our self-worth to our external successes. Now, what on earth do I mean by this? Humans tend to build up who we are on the outside so that others think we're important and special. I fell into this trap an awful lot in my 20s. I would say my entire 20s, that entire decade, (laughs) was about me building myself up externally so that other people thought I was important. I got multiple graduate degrees, okay? Multiple. The kicker here being that the graduate degrees I earned, I didn't even like the fields that they were in. I don't know what I was thinking. Hindsight is always 2020. At the time, I thought I was doing the right thing for myself, but I wasn't. Multiple graduate degrees in the wrong fields for me. Interesting choice, Stephanie. <laughs> I worked on my physique so that my physical self was as close to that hourglass that my body could ever personally get to without augmentation, let's say. I decorated my apartment in like the fanciest, flashiest decor. I wore the clothes. I say all this to say that I lived externally. I built up my external persona and I ignored my internal self. The problem with living externally is that it does not solve the fundamental issue, which is, of course, a perceived internal lack. So we're building ourselves up on the outside so that others think we're worthy and important. And then we in turn internalize others' thoughts about us and incorporate them as we seek to feel a certain way about ourselves. But, and this is a big but, others' opinions and thoughts are first of all, always changing, right? And second of all, they don't actually matter. Who cares what Joe down the street thinks of you? Who the heck is Joe? And why are we assuming that his opinion matters more than our own when it comes to matters of us? Self-worth is not dependent on what you own or what you earn, because when we tie our self-worth to what we own and what our job title is and what size our houses, what we're really doing is we're putting ourselves on a hamster wheel in which we're always chasing the next achievement to fuel our lacking self-worth. That sounds exhausting, doesn't it? And worse than all of that is what do you think happens when Joe down the street doesn't like us anymore, despite all our external efforts, despite all our accolades, despite all our fancy cars and graduate degrees, etc. Our anxiety is inevitably going to spike as our self-worth goes up and down. So what if we stop caring about what others thought of us? 
What if we stopped collecting things and accolades as a millions of just building up our own self-worth? What if instead we realized bone deep, so we're not just saying it, we're feeling it. What if we realized bone deep that our self-worth is not based on our level of success, it's not based on our degrees, it's not based on what we look like, it's not based on our income level? What if we realize that we're worth something big simply because we're human? Now, of course, there's nothing wrong with pursuing that degree or that job promotion or whatever it is. Nothing wrong with that. However, the point here is to analyze and recognize and look at your thoughts with a critical lens. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I amassing the stuff I'm amassing? Is it for the right reasons or is it for the wrong ones? See where those questions take you. All right, we're on to the final set of cognitive distortions that we're discussing today, and it's my favorite. They're my favorite. The statement, the thought that we're that I'm using to describe these cognitive distortions are something along the lines of, I'm not where I should be in my life right now, or my life is a mess, something along those lines. I'm not where I should be. My life is currently a mess. I want you to flip those statements and instead remind yourself It is what it is, and it'll pass, okay? So my life is a mess. I'm not where I should be right now. That is an example of polarized black and white thinking. It's also an example of the cognitive distortion of minimizing. So yeah, you have this and this, and you've done this, and this is going well, but you're minimizing what's going well, and you're maximizing the fact that you think your life is a mess. So the two Cognitive distortions we're discussing with this example is, again, polarized thinking and minimizing. Okay, so yes, life is stressful. It throws curveballs at the worst times. You gain some semblance of order. You get your feet out under you. And then life throws a couple more challenges in for good measure. That is living for all of us. And so when we fight against what life is at its most fundamental level, It's just like a child having a tantrum on the floor, isn't it? Flailing arms and legs, screaming, lots of wasted energy. The tantrum, the fighting against what is, is futile. And so if you feel as though your life is a mess, you're not where you should be in your life right now, etc., this is all about practicing acceptance, which is so hard to do. (laughs) However, practicing acceptance is about taking all the energy that you had been wasting, being anxious or being depressed and sad about it, having that tantrum, let's say, on the floor, instead taking all that wasted energy and channel that energy into going on with your bad self and making the best out of whatever situation life has thrown at you at the moment. Because guess what? Another non-ideal situation is just around the corner because that indeed is life for all of us. Whatever you're struggling with right now, and I'm willing to bet you're struggling with something, each and every one of us tuning in right now is currently struggling with something sticky because again, that's life. That's the nature of living. So whatever you're struggling with right now, it will pass. It might not feel like it at the moment, 
but it will pass because again, life is two things. It's sticky and it's also transient. So my final word for today is kind of, I got one more story. I got to get one more Stephanie story in before we say goodbye. I have a final word for you, but I'm not going to get to the final word until I tell you my story. So let's get to the story. I recently read a real good book. It's by self-help author and spiritual teacher Eckhart Tolle. Now, side note here, the story part of this final word is that the book I read of his, which was A New Earth, I'll link to it in the show notes, but I found the book hidden in the corner of my basement. I have no idea how this book got there. I never purchased this book. I have no idea who gave me this book or how it found its way into the corner of my basement. But I stumbled upon it when I was going through my basement the other day. I picked it up and I said, huh, this looks interesting. I read the whole thing. I was enraptured by it. Now, I'm telling you this because, well, I'm telling you for two reasons. Number one is I tried reading Eckhart's work 15 or 20 years ago when Oprah was first raving about him. His work 15 or 20 years ago was way over my head. I think I picked up his first book and was like, oh, heck no, (laughs) this is not for me. But now in 2023, when I'm 39 years old, it truly felt like the book found me in some strange way. I was ready for it. I was ready for it. And so in this book, now we're getting to the final word part of this story. The final word is that my boy Eckhart says that, quote, unhappiness or negativity is a disease on our planet. What pollution is on the outer level is negativity on the inner. That's a mic drop moment right there, isn't it? What if we started thinking about our own negativity, our own cognitive distortions that are swirling around inside our brains as pollution? What if we started calling out those negative thought patterns for what they are? Which, of course, is simply nothing more than a thought pattern that is not serving us. When we do that, we take the power away from these thought patterns and we start to clean up some of that inner pollution. We start to make space for acceptance and peace. I will be back tomorrow with a headlines episode. And as I said at the beginning of this episode, my children are now officially (laughs) home for 10 full weeks. And I'm going to do my absolute darndest to continue releasing episodes on the schedule that we've established here. I'm going to try my absolute darndest to maintain the standard of good content. Heck, I'm not going to say good content, great content that, again, has been established on this show. I'm going to do my best. But I ask that you all please give me grace as I try and navigate being a full-time mom and a (laughs) full-time podcaster. It's going to be interesting. I don't know, but I'm accepting it. I'm practicing what I preach and I'm going with the flow. If you need me, you can reach out on social media, which is in the show notes. You can also send me an email. And by the way, let me just say, if you reached out to me and I didn't respond, please reach out again. I know. I know. We're at that point where you need to email or message me multiple times. But if if you did and I didn't respond, that's my fault and I need another reminder. Let's not use a cognitive distortion and say Stephanie hates me. Stephanie's got a lot 
of plates juggling in the air. So just send me another email or another DM and I'll get back to you. I promise. So help me God. I'll see you tomorrow for headlines. Reach out if you need me. Start paying attention to your thoughts because I promise you, you're going to be surprised. And take care. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.